Newsbreak podcast. During his 80th birthday celebrations, Ibrahim Ismail Ibrahim described the childhood experiences that shaped his life. As a child, you see, I was very much conscious of the system. My father was a Transvaaler uh, in the sense that he was an Indian resident in, resident in Transvaal. He was not allowed to live in Durban, you see. There were one or two occasions where the police discovered that he was living in Durban and he would be arrested at night and, and put into prison and put. I know how my mother would cry and we all would cry. But my real involvement came in 1952 during the defiance campaign. Ibrahim was a mere 14 years old when he took up the fight against apartheid, participating in the mass campaigns of the 1950s. He was among the first to be recruited into Mkonto Wesizwe, the military ranks of the African National Congress in Natal in 1961, joining the MK's Natal High Command. We were all thinking of of, of arms struggle at that time and then I was recruited into MK and I joined very readily. EB, as he was affectionately known, commanded an MK unit which carried out several successful acts of sabotage against government installations, being careful not to target civilians. The ANC's Jesse Duarte describes him as a gifted operative. This is ultimately one of the people in my view who sacrificed his life without thinking about what the consequences would be for all South Africans. He saw himself as a person from a working-class family. so how working class people in the 50s were being treated by the apartheid regime went for training to join Konto Wesizwe and decided that the only option he had was to fight and he did and he was one of the most brilliant tacticians that Konto Wesizwe had also an incredibly gifted intelligence officer is the very epitome of humility and selflessness Ibi was arrested in 1963 and was accused number 1 in the Peter Marisberg sabotage trial otherwise known as the Little Ravonia trial. He was sentenced to 15 years on Robben Island. He was one of the first five prisoners on the island to enroll for a university degree along with Nelson Mandela and Ahmed Kathrada in 1965. However, he describes the dehumanizing conditions of prison life. Conditions were terrible, absolutely unbelievable. And they were just beaten off for absolutely no reason. We had no contact with outside world at all. We were not allowed to tennis. Uh we had one visit every 6 months, one letter every 6 months. And uh when our visitors came, it was very carefully monitored. If you said if you talk anything about prison conditions, the visit was stopped. We were not given enough food. Uh we always went hungry. After his release, Ibrahim went straight into mobilizing the underground structures of the ANC. He operated in Durban until he was instructed by the ANC headquarters in Lusaka to go into exile as his life was in danger. He was sent for military training in the ANC's camps in Angola in 1981. The ANC leadership then deployed him to Swaziland as the head of the ANC's political military committee. In December 1986, he was kidnapped from Swaziland by the South African security forces and detained in South Africa, where he was severely tortured. But then I was determined not to break down and rather commit suicide. Ibrahim was charged with high treason and sentenced to 20 years imprisonment on Robben Island. I remember when the judge was uh, convicting me, sentencing me for the second time. He said, "I want to give you a sentence so that when you come out of prison, you'll be an old man." because that 15 years didn't do you any good 
immediately you came out of prison, you went back to the ANC. I don't know what he expected. But it was our conviction. We also actually turned the island into some type of school for revolution. In 1991, Ibrahim was released from prison after the appeal court ruled that his kidnapping from a foreign country was illegal and that the South African court had no jurisdiction to try him. He was given an hour to leave the island. The hardest time in prison is when you are about to be released. Lots of things comes into your mind. How are you going to adjust to the outside life? Uh, I was just given an hour's notice. At 4 o'clock I was told that my appeal was upheld and I had to leave. And I was on the boat at 5 o'clock. Uh, I was even worried. I was asking the, uh, the colonel then, how do people know I'm going to land in the Cape Town docks? Now where do I go? Is, has Cowley House been informed? I was thinking I'll be stranded. But once I got to the docks, people were there, were there to welcome me. Ibrahim was given a hero's welcome, even by Mandela, during a lunch celebrating his release. And uh, he emerged there as one of the most outstanding pillars of the movement, who was not only committed and loyal, but who had the ability uh, to explain the policy of the organization. Immediately after his release, he was elected on the ANC's NEC and the Working Committee. He worked tirelessly to establish the Patriot Front, a responsibility given to him by Mandela and Walter Sisulu. Ibrahim served as the chairperson of Parliament's Foreign Affairs Portfolio Committee from 1994 to 2003. He was appointed a senior political and economic advisor to the deputy president in 2003 and served as the ANC's head of international affairs from 2007 to 2009. In May 2009, he was appointed Deputy Minister of International Relations and Cooperation, a position he held until 2014. In 2014, he was appointed Parliamentary Councillor to the President until 2019. Duarte says his skills in conflict resolution in particular were invaluable. In the tasks that I've had to perform, I relied on Ibi for his counsel and his confidence. In many ways, he was an expert on international relations, in particular conflict resolution on the African continent, in Myanmar, and many other places. So this was a gift South Africa had, and uh, that gift is gone forever, and we must cherish his memory. Friend and comrade Mo Sheikh says his death has been difficult for the family. He unfortunately had developed cancer of the lung. That cancer was spread after he had an operation, and after enormous care and love from his family... He just didn't pull through. It's very difficult for them. It's very emotional. We were giving them the space and the time for them to to grieve. An emotional sheikh describes his friendship with Ibrahim, which spans over 40 years. We're feeling a, it's a, a, a sense of loss. I think we should remember him as a man who gave everything, even his last breath, to build a great society. You know, I've known Ibrahim for, and I was trying to do my own calculations, for something more than 40 years, and I always wish I could have been as humble as he was. Meanwhile, his friend and fellow Robben Island inmate, Sunny Singh, says Ibrahim was formidable in the face of torture and imprisonment during the struggle. Singh says he was an inspiration to all his comrades. Ibrahim was detained, like many of us, and he was brutally tortured, and he was one of the few, or, or the only one, 
who didn't break down. As a, the consequences would have been grave if he broke down. But he stood firm like a true soldier. If he was a kind of model which was inspiring, you know, newer generation, like youth, all that, because of his courage, his morality, and his steadfastness, and his humbleness, all those lovely qualities he possessed. News break. Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.